If you look around, you'll see the world can be pretty smart. Okay, very smart. At Capella University, we think education should be smart too. That's why we're reshaping online learning with our FlexPath format. You can set your own deadlines, take classes at your own pace, even leverage your previous experience to move faster. So when it comes to earning your bachelor's degree, you know what kind of choice to make. A smart one. Visit capella.edu to learn more. Capella University. Don't just learn, learn smarter. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Inside Line Formula 1 podcast. And guys, just like that, the 2019 Formula 1 season has officially ended. I know, right? Like 21 races all done and dusted, and we've actually been publishing the Inside Line F1 podcast for 9 full seasons now. Yeah, in fact, Kunal, I should correct you, not just 9 seasons, but 9 full years. Because guys, we are here with the podcast even through the summer and winter breaks. And we're actually going to continue that this year as well. We're going to be publishing all through the winter period. And uh, except for a tiny break between Christmas and New Year's. But I think in that time, you all have better things to do than listen to our podcast anyway. Yes, basically, we're going to do all we can do to help you cope with your withdrawal symptoms from Formula One. <laughs> Kunal, you're making our podcast sound like social service, you know, social welfare for the uh, Formula One fan and angst. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it is actually social service because it is fueled. absolutely by passion alone and uh, you know formula 1 doesn't pay us to make formula 1 more interesting which is what we are told we keep doing time and again but i can guarantee you guys that we are definitely more interesting than like the 2019 french grand prix and actually even the 2019 abu dhabi grand prix so boring i mean i think the only topic that made that race Kind of interesting was the banter between Benotto Wolf and Lewis Hamilton about Hamilton possibly going to Ferrari. You know what? Forget Lewis Hamilton. Ferrari needs Toto Wolf. In fact, Wolf to Ferrari is what we all should be pet- petitioning for. I think, and that's also the title of this week's episode. And we will dig a bit deeper on this topic in the next few minutes to come. Awesome! I love it. Yes, and by the way, as you hear this episode. You know, Lewis Hamilton and Valentino Rossi are preparing for their most awaited day of 2019, the day they swapped their machines. And we will bring to you photos and all other content available on our Facebook page, the Inside Line F1 podcast. So go ahead and like us on Facebook as well. Yeah, and on this podcast, guys, we're also going to talk about how Formula One is finally waking up to understanding that circuit design is crucial to interesting races. Finally, finally, and uh, Zandvoort is. Actually, leading the way in doing all they can to deliver a blockbuster race. Can't wait. Yes, can you imagine the love for Max Verstappen will bring more than a hundred thousand people to the circuit, you know, and uh, hopefully that Formula One doesn't disappoint them because. At the moment, everyone just loves saying that, "Hey, the cars don't allow for close racing." Yeah, but I really like how Zandvoort has literally taken it upon itself to do whatever it takes uh, to make the sport interesting. It's like, why wait till twenty twenty one when we can make Formula One interesting in twenty twenty? We also wonder if Lance Stroll will become a racer for Aston Martin's 
works Formula One team. His father is reportedly buying a controlling stake in the British car manufacturer. Oh wait, maybe Aston Martin will literally force Red Bull Racing into giving Lance a race seat because you know pressure from the title sponsor can't yes. handle that. And Red Bull have repeated issues with their number two driver, <laughs> as we already know. But I must say, it seems like the Strolls are very serious about their investments in Formula One. Uh, in fact, Kunal, that's just like how we're serious about having fun around their investments. You know, <laughs> that's what we do on the inside line formula 1 podcast making fun of the strolls uh, investments but yes so a quick reminder guys remember to subscribe to us on iTunes audio boom google podcast spotify and every other platform for your weekly dose of formula 1 humor we love presenting to you formula 1 from our different perspective and from what we know you guys love our content so thank you very much yeah we're usually funny <laughs> <laughs> And even if you're not funny, we have like a different perspective and an angle of looking and dissecting things. But how safe of you, Kunal? Yeah, well, you know, it's not just pure fun and games. You know, it's also mm-hmm. serious Formula One stuff. But before we resume this episode, here's some proof on why Formula One's not considering going electric. It's because the fans are probably not interested. Because you know, our episode last week was about Formula One and if it would ever go fully electric. And ironically, it was our slowest episode to hit like a thousand listens because it usually takes about six odd hours to get there. But this one took more than a double amount of time. And that's really ironic because uh, the acceleration is usually faster on electric power, <laughs> but not in this case. Honestly, uh, I must say that I don't care what. Uh, powers the racing cars as long as we're getting to see racing for me that's the mood point yes so okay onwards to hamilton wolf ferrari benotto they they're all in an interesting space right now so as we all know lewis hamilton's contract expires at the end of 2020 as does toto wolf's and if there's one thing that actually stands out in all of this is that hamilton is waiting to see what wolf does before deciding on extending his future with Mercedes. And on the Ferrari side, Sebastian Vettel's contract expires at the end of 2020. So it's all very interesting timing. And Kunal, now that we've gotten the facts out of the way, do you really think Lewis Hamilton will switch to Ferrari in 2021? I mean, that's literally the storyline that everyone's been promoting and talking about in Formula 1. You know, honestly in my view, is great pr especially great pr in the off season for the sport for hamilton for mercedes and even for ferrari let's remember ferrari's important uh, you know factor in this equation yeah and i must say that after yet another dismal season ferrari won't mind some positive pr right even if they have to rely on hamilton to give them that <laughs> <laughs> but i think it's just that some pr and in the end i have a feeling that lewis hamilton will continue with mercedes but that's just my feeling. Yeah, I mean that's also what I feel. But honestly, I'd love to see Lewis Hamilton take up the challenge, you know, of trying to win at Ferrari uh, despite Ferrari, I would say, and uh, against Charles Leclerc. That would be interesting. You know, if you ask me, Ferrari need Toto Wolff more than Lewis Hamilton like I said a few minutes ago because it's not the drivers who are necessarily a problem for Ferrari. I mean, come on, Kunal. Neither Ferrari driver has been as error-free as Lewis Hamilton, so they're not yes. the problem, but it could be better. Yes, I do not deny those facts. I feel that the drivers, especially Vettel is, you know, being made to push over the limit to cover for the team's uh, shortcomings in race management, you know, ever so often. And I know that I'm not doing myself any favors by siding with Vettel here. But uh, back to my point. So, you know, Ferrari need Wolf more than Hamilton and by Wolf I 
honestly mean a team manager who probably isn't an old Ferrari hand. Yeah, and come to think of it, actually, uh, Ferrari's brightest and most successful period in Formula One it was under the leadership of Jean Todd. Yeah, and what was Todd's background before joining Ferrari? He led Peugeot to their most successful. Era in motorsport back in the 80s and 90s, and I'm sure you guys all know this by heart. But Tot was then, you know, succeeded by Stefano Dominicali, uh, Marco Mattiacci, uh, Maurizio Arriva Ben, and now Mattia Binotto. Yeah, and I guess apart from Arriva Ben, all the others uh, were old hands at Ferrari, and they came up the ranks. Yeah, and you know, as for Arriva Ben, he was you know the Marlboro man who knew Ferrari way too well. and uh, at least that's what they all uh, claimed and all of these men were appointed with the hope that they would be able to lead the team better because of their inside knowledge of ferrari and you know how the team and the brand and the politics work but clearly that approach hasn't worked time and again i think it's like four team principles down the road and it's proof enough by now Yeah and interestingly again uh Toro Wolff's contract ends by the end of 2020 and this uncertainty actually on whether Mercedes will continue their Formula 1 team operations and uh, there were also rumors about Toro Wolff actually replacing Chase Carey um and I believe Ferrari have a veto on that appointment so it's all very interesting Can you imagine Ferrari vetoing Wolff's appointment as the CEO of Formula 1 only because they want wolf as the chief of ferrari and you know like we know from <laughs> from tort's appointment you can go from being chief of ferrari to the ceo of ferrari the road car brand so mm. there's a lot uh, of growth in, you know in the role at ferrari if one comes for toto wolf as well and um, as for lewis hamilton i think you know wolf would love to be the man who turned ferrari around because that's the one hero everyone's been looking for in the pit lane since over a decade. Yeah, so I'm just going to go ahead and add two and two together. Uh Hamilton said that he will decide on his future after he knows what Wolf is going to be up to. And Kunal, if Toto Wolf comes to Ferrari, I can totally imagine Lewis Hamilton following him and partnering him at Ferrari as well because why break up a winning team? Yes, so there's lots of wishful thinking but all scenarios are possible. This is Formula 1 as we all know. and uh, in this hamilton to ferrari story the bigger point is that ferrari is open to replacing sebastian vettel and up until now it was never discussed this publicly you know it's still not been like a public discussion but it's been a very public acceptance that oh we are happy that you know lewis is available but uh, maybe it's happening for a reason you know that ferrari is finally trying to make vettel realize that he is replaceable. Yeah, and you know in all of this I loved uh Charles Leclerc's reaction on this whole Hamilton Ferrari story and he said, "Oh, I'd love to have Hamilton as my teammate." <laughs> you know, he was literally emphasizing that, "Hey, it isn't me, but it's Sebastian Vettel who is going to get replaced at Ferrari." Yeah, you know, there's <laughs> a lot very subtle. <laughs> yeah, there is a lot being spoken about Vettel in the media on our podcast, people questioning his talent, his interest, his motivation and all of that. and the latest being mark weber who said that fettel could benefit from professional advice if he wants to save his formula 1 career yeah and honestly it seems like valuable advice to me uh this is all you know coming from well wishers who don't want sebastian vettel to leave the sport with this tarnished image uh, but you know go out as a four times world champion or 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 a 40 times spinning champion you know <laughs> one of those things <laughs> yeah and you know i've been noticing that vettel seems very introspective in his post season interviews um i mean kunal i really hope that he's able to channelize his energies into figuring out what exactly needs a change because in 
introspection in itself is not enough and something needs to change i mean yeah and we've been actually saying this since the end yeah, of the yeah i mean if he doesn't change something the thing that changes is going to be him <laughs> if that made any sense but yeah <laughs> yes so back to more fun stuff just days after lewis hamilton met the boss at ferrari you know and that whole news piece was broken it was time for a report to say that hey nico rosberg had met with ferrari too you know after winning his title in 2016 yeah and it's so funny that a continuing theme for nico rosberg despite no longer being on the f1 grid is that hey everything that lewis hamilton's done i've done it as well you know <laughs> <laughs> like this weird sibling rivalry that never seems to end um and uh, guys have you all seen this famous nico rosberg meme i mean that made us laugh and we'll share it on our facebook page in case you guys Guys haven't, but Kunal, I'm going to stick my neck out and say that's definitely getting a nomination for the fabulous Inside Line Formula One Podcast Awards. Um, guys, we're going to have the awards a week before Christmas, so remember to tune in and send us your nominations if y'all have any. And remember, the winner is never who you think it is, and that's the official tagline of our fun podcast awards. We literally spend the whole season researching for some of the more fun elements of the sport, so we can guarantee you more and a few laughs. Okay, great. So uh, let's move on to the next item uh, on our agenda for this podcast. Uh, so Jean Todd, as the president of the FIA, of course, he said, and I'm going to read this out because it's important. He said, "We have understood what we should have understood earlier: the importance of track design." And Kunal, you know, for me, this uh, feels like you know the duh moment of the season or the decade or whatever, uh, because it finally seems that uh, circuits are taking it upon themselves to try and make Formula One fun. Yeah, or you mean Formula Fun or Formula Fun, yeah. Formula One? Fun. Yeah, <laughs> Sandfoot has released a lot of footage of their banking, which we all know will be more steep than the one we have at the Indianapolis uh, Motor Speedway. Yeah, I can totally imagine Pirelli. They're already sweating, you know, uh, trying to figure out how the hell to build tires that can withstand <laughs> those loads. But uh, poor Pirelli. You know, I think Pirelli have a very <laughs> smart approach. It's like, hey, we're going to be criticized one way or the other, so why bother? Let's just continue doing. what we really need to do smart lads yeah but back to sandford i like their approach uh, you know towards being a grand prix host you know they are rebuilding the circuit to introduce all possible elements required for a good motor race because we spoke about the banking but that's not all they've actually reworked on building the shortest shortest pit lane on the calendar to you know induce more strategy options in the race itself yeah and i also read about this special tarmac that they're using called the flying dutch and it would apparently allow for less marbles and hence just let drivers uh, choose multiple racing lines through corners and hence obviously more interesting racing and they know they know that max verstappen is a one driver who has all the different racing lines when he's overtaking people so maybe this is just to aid uh, you know verstappen masterclass that people would be <laughs> paying money to come to see yeah i mean next it's not year. called the flying dutch tarmac for nothing right <laughs> but a lot of this seems like literally next level shit kunal i mean either the other circuits don't think this way or if they do they don't you know talk this way and let us know what they're up to so it's nice to have all this information i'm now to that even Paul Ricard is considering layout changes and you know here's an in- interesting fact if i actually remember it correctly it was actually Romain Grosjean who suggested long ago that changing track layouts is easier and cheaper than changing the formula of formula 1 cars ever so often Okay and uh, Lawrence Stroll we have to talk about him because there are reports that he's looking to purchase a controlling stake in Aston Martin. Uh guys that's the troubled British car manufacturer and uh 
stroll with then own racing point and aston martin and you know kunal more than all the political benefits of this dual ownership i can literally only think of all the benefits that lance stroll could have in his formula 1 career it's he, insane yeah he could go from being the one driver who's had the most consistent elimination in q1 for the last two seasons to racing for the works Aston Martin team now can you really imagine that yeah or the strolls could pressurize red bull racing into having a stroll partner with stappen from 2021 i mean who knows right the things money can buy <laughs> <laughs> let's hope he doesn't buy formula 1 because that could be his way of making lance the world champion <laughs> or not you know it could be yeah they anyway keep saying in motorsport the more the money the faster you go and <laughs> the strolls are absolutely out to prove that point but you know moving on i have a few points from the last race in abu dhabi first it was awesome to see the modern formula 1 cars race without the drs it took us 8 years but the global drs failure was very welcome at least from me Yeah, Gunal, I'm wondering if that was actually intentional. You know, if there were like this group of uh, hackers who disliked DRS and they were in action. <laughs> I wonder if you had a role to play in that because we know you hate the uh, DRS. Yeah, but... it's like the wretched DRS, as I call it. But no, I was... didn't have any role to play in that. Or but... so you say. <laughs> okay, no comments further. No public comments. But you can buy me a drink, and I could probably reveal a little more. But my second uh, observation from the Abu Dhabi. big grand prix was that the entire race was a mirror of the trends we've seen all of 2019 so hamilton and mercedes were dominant you know bottas had a bit of bad luck or a lot of bad luck he needed two mercedes power units being changed max verstappen was the second fastest and in, in every every session that mattered and ferrari were making mistakes time and again that they've made throughout the season Yeah, and, and and finally mm. we can't forget but McLaren were dominating the midfield it's like McLaren are in a class of their own between the top 6 and the midfield yeah i was very excited to say this kunal so you know watching vettel stuck behind hulkenberg without drs uh, that reminded me of the race from 2010 actually where it was alonso in a ferrari and he was stuck behind vitali petrov in a renault and guys we all remember how that race panned out you know also ferrari's riches were exposed in abu dhabi because they pay about 7200 euros per liter of extra fuel in leclerc's car and i did a basic math you know 50000 euros fine divided by the 4.88 liters of extra fuel that they found in leclerc's car which by the way has become the controversy in itself that can't ferrari even refuel their cars to perfection <laughs> 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 I guess they have too much money to care about such trivial things but uh you know the other highlight for me from Abu Dhabi uh was the journalist Walter Costa guys he's the one who asked these really long and confusing questions in the press conferences so he was back it was hilarious as always so I'm going to say thank you Walter and uh, it was really funny because he called Charles Leclerc the pop star of Formula 1 ouch yeah yes. and I think that is the title that Lewis Hamilton was secretly gunning <laughs> for so <laughs> sorry Lewis <laughs> you know in the post season test in Abu Dhabi both Ferrari drivers spun Vettel on the first day Leclerc spun and crashed on the second day so I really hope that was ultimately the end of their 2019 errors but Mithila for the 2020 Formula 1 season 
you know, I think you and I will need to do like a havan to ward off the evil spirits of Ferrari. <laughs> Guys, in case you all are wondering, a havan is like a, a special prayer uh, that we kind of conduct in Indian tradition to ensure positivity and happiness and peace. And I think Ferrari needs a whole lot of that in 2020. Yes, and I'm actually reminded of Binotto's comments uh, regarding their loss in 2019. He blamed it on their car development from 2018. Yeah, so I'm basically hoping that he doesn't blame the 2019 car development for their losses in 2020 <laughs> because that's a vicious cycle basically he'll never run out of excuses that yeah, way yeah you know when i first read the comment i really wondered if you know this was binotto's way of shrugging off the blame onto the the Maurizio riva ben era of formula one because that's what you know the easiest thing to do would be but that's what the off season is for it's for to you know play the blame game especially if you are at ferrari yeah. And uh, by the way, if Hamilton to Ferrari doesn't work out and uh, Vettel still decides to kind of move on, I am told that it is none other than Daniel Ricciardo who's on standby to jump into the Ferrari. And uh, Kunal, I'm also guessing that Carlos Sainz's performances in 2019 would have put him on their radar. Yeah, unless, you know, Ferrari just bring back Kimi Raikkonen because Kimi Raikkonen's out of a contract at the end of 2020 as well. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're Ferrari, but you know, they seldom remember that they have a second car going racing, so they don't really care who is in the car. <laughs> yeah, and guys, um, in fact, as we bring to our uh, bring to an end our forty seventh episode of the year, uh, here's thanking the FIA and the World Motorsport Council for retaining a physical version of the checkered flag for the races in twenty twenty. Guys, thank you so much. Oh yes, thank you, thank heavens. It's so good that we are going to have a checkered flag being waved. I don't care who waves it, whether it's a celebrity or the race As long director. as it's not a lap too early. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, in fact, we had an episode earlier in the year where we urged the FIA to please not take away the checkered flag. So I'm so glad that they listened to us and I hope they continue listening to us and that our plea made a difference. Yes. So I believe it did. I, yes, I agree. <laughs> On that note, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. We will be back in a few days next week. There is no race, but there will be an episode, a fresh episode of the Inside Line F1 podcast. So thank you for listening. And if you like our stuff, please remember to rate us and review us on whatever uh, audio streaming platform you listen to us on. And let us know what you think about uh, Toro Wolf going to Ferrari. We'd yes. love to hear your views, guys. On that note, adios. Bye-bye. Apple and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series Raising April. It's the most intimate sports related conversations you will hear. Each week we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burrow, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app.